Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Friday edition of the program. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. We've got a jam-packed show today. Breaking news just before we came on as well that we'll cover later in the hour. Indiana going to host North Carolina as part of the Big Ten ACC Challenge. So we knew Indiana would be involved in that Big Ten ACC series as they are every year, but the opponent in North Carolina and the game at Assembly Hall maybe makes it the biggest game of the year, at least the non-conference for this Indiana program, which has high hopes here in the offseason. So a lot coming up on that later in the show. Let's look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one here in just a few moments, IHSA Commissioner Paul Neidig is going to join the program. Yesterday, the IHSA Executive Committee approved a change to the Boys and Girls Basketball State Tournaments. Basically, a flip-flop. The regional will now be one day, the semi or one game, I should say. The semi-state will be two games. And uh, in an effort to create some excitement for those final stages, final rounds of the tournament, this is an interesting change, and we'll talk with the commissioner about that coming up here in just a moment. Also, later in the hour, Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is with us. We'll jump into that IU-North Carolina matchup and other IU basketball topics today. And then later in the show, Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star, always with us on Fridays as we talk lots of hoops and lots of high school basketball and even some recruiting as well as we gear up for a big weekend with the Charlie Hughes shootout and a lot of the great high school teams in our state will be playing in front of college coaches from across the country, and uh, Kyle will help us preview that event and a lot more later in the show. That's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Always a great honor to have with us the IHSA Commissioner and Paul Neidig joins us right now. Commissioner, thank you for your time and excited to talk with you about a big change to the boys and girls basketball tournaments that was approved yesterday. Yeah, thanks for inviting me on your show today. And I tell you what, I just heard you announce your lineup for today, and it sounds like I need to reschedule a few things this morning so I can listen in because you got a great show coming up. We appreciate that. Uh, Commissioner, you know, our, our basketball tournament, as you well know, uh, your history as a coach, an administrator, and uh, assistant commissioner, now commissioner, very sacred to people in our state. And very few changes have been made over the years. And when there is a change, there's a lot of debate about it, sometimes a lot of agreement, sometimes a lot of disagreement, uh, but I'm excited about this change. It's basically, I think, a great way, a simple way to describe it is a flip-flop between the old regional and the 
old semi-state. Now the new regional will be one game. Uh, the new semi-state will be a two-game scenario. Can you take us through the background of this change? I know you polled the athletic directors and coaches in our state. The executive committee took this to discussion some time ago and a vote yesterday. But maybe the background and, and a little bit more on what exactly is changing for the upcoming tournaments this season. Sure, happy to. You know, this is not something, yeah, and like you said, this is not something that is um, uh, something that we've just decided within the last couple months that we wanted to do this. Uh, personally, I've been looking at this for, oh, I would say uh, about four years now and uh, trying to just, I think the, the thing that you always have to do is, you, first of all, there's nothing wrong with the Indiana High School Boys Basketball Tournament in its current format. And we still crown state champions, four of them every year, and we have exciting games and great crowds and full, ven- full venues in the tournament. But can it be better? I think that's kind of the, the premise that, um, that kind of drove me as I was looking at this. And I just started asking a lot of basketball people, uh, coaches association, coaches that I knew over the years, um, Hall of Fame members, uh, people that uh, that love this game along the way, and I just I would always I, I pose that question: What if? What if we made this change? Do you think that would be good for the tournament? And uh, to a person, they all thought after they thought a moment, thinking, "Yeah, that would I think that would create some more excitement in the tournament." And it's not saying it's not creating the more excitement because it wasn't exciting before, but. Let's see if we can kick that up another notch from where it was at. And I think that's kind of the, the premise behind it. Um, you know, the regional format will be, uh, it'll still mean a lot. You know, you go through that first week, and oftentimes a team has to have three games and win three games inside of a week, um, really six days in some cases. Sometimes it's five days uh, to win a sectional championship. And that's a tough week. And then you have another week to prepare in the format change. But you have to prepare for one game. You can get your team healed up, really focus on one opponent, uh, and, and, you know, bring that A game that Saturday of regional weekend. And we'll still use the same number of venues that we currently do. Uh, we just won't advance to a, a night game. Uh, it'll be maybe a, a mid-afternoon, two games back-to-back, or we'll also spread some of those games into the evening so a fan could take in two venues in one day if they want to do that. Uh, and, of course, all these games will be broadcast on IHSA TV along the way. And then uh, that quest to win a state championship should get tougher, and that's what we're going to do with the semi-state. Uh, you've got to then get prepared. You've got to play two games. You've got to uh, play that morning session uh and then if uh, you're lucky enough to win that morning session, then there's one game that night to have a chance to go play in the state championship game. And, and you know, coaches have to prepare their their teams for potential three opponents as they walk into that week. Uh, I just think it adds a lot more. Uh, we're going to have double the, the fan base in the tournament a week longer. Uh, double the media coverage a week longer, um, and I just um, think it'll be a, a great atmosphere. The other thing that allows us to do this is we have the venues in Indiana, we have the cathedrals of basketball uh, that can host this type of games uh, in their community. 
uh, it also becomes a community event. When you think back to what it means to a community to bring four teams into their town for a day, play two games, they stay around, they eat in the restaurants, they'll fill up their gas tank at the local gas station, and then go back and play that championship game. And we just really believe that it's going to um, bring just another level of excitement to the tournament. IHSA Commissioner Paul Neidig with us to begin our Friday program talking about some big changes coming to the boys and girls basketball state tournaments here in Indiana. Uh, Commissioner Neidig, also, and I'd like your explanation on this because I just got a few details, this allows you guys to create some uh, some additional uh, suspense, I believe, in coming back with another draw uh, to pair up the semi-state opponents. Is that correct? Once you win your regional, that very next day on Sunday, there would be kind of another draw statewide to pair up those that are going to face off in the next round? Yes, uh, that's exactly what we plan on doing. But I would tell you that uh, that's a fan move. We could have a, we're going to have a few coaches that want to know as soon as possible <laughs> who they're going to have to play to be able to get their team prep. But we don't let them practice on Sundays anyway, so if they don't get that information until Sunday, <laughs> they'll be all right. But, yes, we'll come in here on Sunday after the regional format, and uh, we're going to get out the draw machine, the ping-pong ball machine that we have that's been used in this office for many, many years. If we go to sectional one, the 1A sectional in the south, we're going to have those four teams. We're going to put those four teams in that machine, and we're going to draw it live for our fans to be able to watch on the Champions Network. And then we'll have some expertise in the house. We may do some phone calls, and uh, we'll break down the bracket, the matchups for the week that are coming in, and we're going to have to do it on the fly. So we're going to, we're going to rely on some experts in Indiana basketball, and we have several of those uh, to really break down that tournament, and, and the fans will tune in and Hopefully it's it's a lot of fans that tune in, and and I think it can be another level of excitement that leads us into that semi-state week. Absolutely. Some very interesting things to think about for the upcoming season. Uh, flip-flop, basically, of the regional now being one game, the semi-state two games, and we're talking with IHSA Commissioner Paul Neidig about those. While we've got you on the line, I had two other quick subjects I wanted to bring up. One was another rule change, and I really applaud this as well. The executive committee has modified the 300-mile limit, so uh, Indiana teams won't be able to go to Florida or far distances for tournaments or holiday events or showcases, but they will be able, if I'm reading this correctly, to play schools from outside the 300-mile state border limit as long as it takes place within that 300-mile allowance or within the state of Indiana. So i got to believe, as you mentioned, the basketball cathedrals that exist in our state uh, and all of the schools with so much talent every year to see the NBA draft last night uh, that uh, this will open up some opportunities for more great basketball here in Indiana. That's exactly our thinking behind that move. Um, and, you know, it's also an individual sport move, and there's really two components to it. And let's say you have a wrestling team and you go to, to Nashville, Tennessee, which is within that 300-mile limitation. In the previous rule, if there were schools at that same tournament that were outside of that mileage limitation, 
the tournament brackets had to be structured to where an Indiana school couldn't participate against those students. And that same thing happens with track and field. So it, it takes some limitations off, and I think it was absolutely the right thing to do. But another key component on the team side of it is uh, – there's a there's a caveat there. Right? We really believe what high school basketball and high school athletics is about is that education first system. So anybody coming in or when we go out to the the work can play a lot of different people, but they must be a member of their high school state association. So we have a school based team that's focused on education before athletics. Uh and that's a caveat that there'll be a few that uh won't like that. They'll want the IMGs to come in and, and those types of people. But we really think it's important to focus on the academic side. Uh, and we should do that with the opponents that we play that have similar philosophies. Absolutely. Commissioner Paul Neidig of the Indiana High School Athletic Association, my guest. And then uh, how about the NBA draft last night? I think you're the perfect person to bring this up uh, with. Uh, Jaden Ivey, who started his high school career at Mishawaka Marion, number five in the draft. Jake LaRavia uh, from Lawrence Central went number 19. That was a surprise to some, and it got really neat to see his story. And then number 25, the pick there, Blake Wesley from South Bend Riley. A really good night last night for players that have participated in education-based hoops in our great state of Indiana. It is, and, you know, it just shows um, – while basketball was last night's celebration and the quality of athletes that got drafted high in the draft. And, you know, it's so important when I watched Jay Nivey uh, get drafted last night, just the raw emotion of that young man sitting there with his mom last night and talking about that draft was just uh, phenomenal. But it shows you what these, what these kids, what these student athletes put into. But the other thing that what's happening here in Indiana is it's not just basketball. It's football. It's swimming. Uh, multiple sports. We have wrestlers that are competing on the national stage. Indiana athletics have continued to grow. And now across this state, we have kids that are representing major Division One universities and playing in professional sports all across this country. And it's a tribute to our coaches uh, and our schools that give these student-athletes a chance to grow up in an environment that does support athletics, but then they have to get that degree along the way. Absolutely. Commissioner Paul Knight. Commissioner, it's always great to catch up. I remind people that you've got great southern Indiana roots down in the pocket city of Evansville, so uh, I, I so much appreciate the chance to have you on from time to time to update listeners about uh, updates and changes and kind of brag on our state when possible, and uh, really appreciate the chat here on this Friday. Thank you very much, and it's my pleasure to join your listeners today. And and uh, I never want to go away without saying thank you for doing what you do, promote education-based athletics in our great state. Oh, thank you very much. Commissioner Paul Neidig with us here on this Friday program. Great way to begin the program. I'm really intrigued by the changes to the state tournament. I think it makes natural sense to go from a tough sectional week to a big one-game regional and keep teams and schools, and as he mentioned, communities involved longer as you have more schools now advancing to the semi-state 
and I'm probably most intrigued as a media person. I, I agree with uh, Commissioner that there are probably some coaches that want to know when that draw comes out, that sectional draw, what the path to a state championship would be and who they could potentially match up with along the way. But I really like for the fans and the media side of it coming back with another draw to lay out the semi-state. So we'll have more on this this offseason, but I think this is going to be a very, very intriguing change uh, to our great boys and girls basketball state tournaments. And you heard the commissioner also talk about the 300-mile rule and some changes there. I think you're going to see some events pop up in Indiana uh, that will bring in some of these top, uh, again, education-based member in good standing with their state association. Uh, I think you'll see some events pop up that will bring in more IU-like recruits or uh, top national players that are getting drafted a year or two out of high school. So I think it will help the basketball environment in our state where fans love it and still get out and attend stuff, and uh, that's an interesting change as well. So uh, some good stuff yesterday. Very excited to see where it takes us. And, of course, uh, the only thing is now it's the end of June. We've got uh, months and months till we get to uh, high school basketball season to see how some of this stuff uh, unfolds as well. We'll head to a commercial break. want to remind you the Thornton's text line is open. That number 502-414-1450. Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000 all summer with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app today and click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. If you're not a member, no problem. Text REWARDS to 80313. That's REWARDS to 80313. We're headed to a break. We're back with Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Friday program. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, my guest always in this segment on Fridays. We talk IU basketball, sometimes football, and more here in this segment. Still ahead today, Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star will be with us in segment number three today. Uh, Dylan, lots to talk about today. We got some breaking news earlier this morning. We knew that Indiana would be part of the Big Ten ACC Challenge, which is always a fun three days of basketball. However, we did not know they would be taking on NCAA runner-up last season, North Carolina, who features Armando Baycott. So we get the Baycott versus Trace Jackson Davis big-time returners to college basketball matchup. And the game's going to be played at Assembly Hall. I think this immediately rockets to the number one non-conference game on the IU schedule because IU uh, fans are excited. We know without question Assembly Hall is going to be sold out and absolutely rocking for a matchup with the Tar Heels on day three of the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Yeah, it's great news. Um, and it definitely is probably the most exciting non-conference battle just because it's going to be the one at home. You know, they play at Kansas. They'll play Arizona in a non-conference spot in Vegas. 
um, for this to be at home, uh, it's going to be really exciting. And, you know, you kind of felt like it could be trending this way for a little bit. You know, when Trace announced he was coming back, you know, he tweeted at Armando Baycott, like, hey, you want to come to our house for the AC Challenge? And Baycott said, you know, make it happen. So you had that aspect of it. And then also just, you know, they, they try to match them up to project how they think each team will be. And obviously North Carolina, they're returning Armando Baycott, they're returning Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, you know, a lot of the guys who were on that national title run team last year uh, to, to get to the finals and, and lose to Kansas. So they'll probably project to be the best team in the ACC. They'll definitely be top-ranked, top five in the in the AP poll preseason. Then with Indiana, you know, everyone's kind of, kind of figured out over the last couple of weeks. You know, when you look at just who's coming back in the Big Ten, uh, IU has the most production returning. IU has the best recruiting class coming in. So they're going to be projected to be one of the top teams in that conference. So you look at it that way, I think that they did a good job, the two conferences did, to, to match these two teams up against one another. And, you know, with Indiana playing at Syracuse last year, they get to be at home this year. Um, and it's going to be awesome, November 30th. So, you know, you, you probably assume they'll have about, you know, three to four other non-conference easier games early on uh, before that game takes place. So that's going to be the first big game in Assembly Hall. And then that game always delivers. You know, you think back to Tom Crean's last year, uh, that game was against North Carolina in Assembly Hall. Um, I was there. It was crazy. It was it was packed. Uh, I think North Carolina was ranked number three at the time, and IU beat him with Thomas Bryant, OG Ananobi, and those guys. Um, Archie Miller's first year, it was Duke came to town. That was awesome. Um this wasn't the Big Ten ACC Challenge, but a couple years ago, the Marquette game that everybody remembers, that Romeo Langford year, the, the first big game in the Assembly Hall, the crowd was rocking. So the crowd brings it every time for this kind of game, and the fact that it's going to be North Carolina, who's going to be ranked in the top five, top ten for sure, uh, it's going to be awesome. The environment's going to be great, and uh, this is this is this just kind of adds up to all the excitement Indiana has right now coming into the season. You know, you get a home game like that against a top team like that. Uh, it doesn't get any better. Uh, you know, Woodson put out a statement saying, you know, it's it, two iconic programs on the biggest stage. And he's right. It's going to be an awesome primetime game. Um, and, and, and I'm really looking forward to it. And I think everybody else is as well. All right. Uh, question for you or thought here for you, Dylan. You mentioned probably three or four non-conference games before the big uh, IU-North Carolina game. The way I see it, and, and things could be added, things could change, but Miami of Ohio on November 20th is the first game we know about at this point. Little Rock on the 23rd, Jackson State on the 25th, North Carolina on the 30th. So definitely some warm-up games, definitely some mid-major uh, money-type game opponents. But the North Carolina game is going to come before the Arizona game at MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas on December 10th. And it's going to come before, obviously, the Kansas game on December 17th, which is a road game. So this is really, for IU fans, the first big opportunity to find out if this team is for real. Not if they can just win the game, but if they can compete with the top tier of college basketball this season. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be the kind of that first taste, uh, that first game before the other games that you mentioned. Um, so it's definitely going to be awesome to see that happen. And, uh, you know, they'll have the adrenaline going for them. They'll have the home crowd on their side. Um, and that'll be the game that you'll you'll really be tested. You know, we'll start to see when when it's tight toward the end, what are the lineups Mike Woodson goes with? You know, who, who, does, he, who does he trust and what moments? You know, that'll be a game where we start to kind of see – you know, what, what might the rotation look like in some of these bigger games, um, especially early on, you know, who, who are the guys that Woodson trusts right now? So it, it's going to be a good indicator for that and just a, a great test early on in the season. 
Um, a, a, a lot of these, a lot of these non-conference games are, are games that Indiana fans have been wanting to see their program play. Um, as far as North Carolina, I mean, I haven't checked this yet, but there's a chance they might open the season in some kind of big classic or tournament. I'm not sure, so they might have one other bigger game before they go to Indiana. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, this will be fairly early for both teams against you know probably some of the better teams they're going to play. So um, it's going to be good for sure. And it, it, like you said, it'll be that first test for the Hoosiers to kind of see where how they match up. And and it, honestly, you know, it could be a game where if they win it, you know, that'd be a lot of big confidence going into the game at Kansas, a game against Arizona. You know, this could be a really, really good point for the Hoosiers if they could score a win and get that confidence going into some of those other big games um, and feel like, hey, you know, we can play with these guys. doesn't matter who the opponent is. So it could be uh, beneficial in that standpoint as well. Um, there's it's just really awesome, you know. I was, you know, I think everyone was hoping they would get one of the bigger and better ACT teams for the for this challenge, and uh, they just happened to get probably the best one, or at least the preseason favorite going into the the, the season. And I want to go to the Thornton's text line for just a moment. Good point uh, from a texter, a regular texter as well. One of the interesting points of North Carolina going to play IU is that Bloomington native and former Tar Heel great Sean May is a UNC assistant coach. And so obviously I can remember uh, pre this radio show and really pre a lot of things uh, back in the day when Sean May was a big miss for IU basketball when it came to recruiting. Uh, so he's back in Assembly Hall this time as a coach for the Tar Heels. So just a local connection there that's interesting, and I appreciate the texter pointing that out. Yeah, for sure. That, that'll be always cool um, when those guys can, can come back and, and be kind of on the opposing sideline Assembly Hall. It probably means a little bit more to them. Maybe he tries to get his team a little bit more fired up for it. Um, but, yeah, that, that, that's really awesome that he's a Bloomington native. or He was from, born in Chicago but grew up in Bloomington basically all his life. So that would be cool. I mean, I know, I know IU also heavily recruited Caleb Love. You know, he's their starting point guard in that team as well. So a couple of guys who are at least familiar with, with kind of the program a, a little bit. So, uh, there's there's some awesome matchups, you know, just when you look at it up and down the floor. Obviously, you mentioned earlier, Trey Jackson Davis versus Armando Baycott, you know, two of the more premier kind of big guys coming back in college basketball. Um, you know, the I think the guards with Xavier Johnson, Caleb Love, you know, those are both kind of very eccentric guards who can who can light it up, who can who can create for others. Uh, that'll probably be a pretty good matchup. So just up and down, uh, these two teams should have some pretty fun individual matchups throughout the game as well. Um, so I'm excited, um, and with Sean May kind of being on that sideline, that, that adds a little bit more cool of a storyline for it. I'm sure someone will, will try to get in touch with him and maybe do a story leading into the game or after the game or something like that. So it's always fun when kind of those guys get to come back and, and be in Assembly Hall again. Absolutely. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest. Uh, Dylan, another point about the uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge matchup. You know, Indiana's got North Carolina at home, and they play Kansas on the road a few weeks later. That means uh, Mike Woodson's team is going to take on the national champion and the runner-up from last season. So when Coach Woodson told us in his very first press conference that he wanted to figure out the lay of the land and then increase the schedule as the talent on the roster and as things warranted, uh, he really meant it. And year two for him is going to be an unbelievable run at it as far as non-conference games go. Yeah, they certainly didn't waste any time kind of wrapping up their schedule. And uh, as we talked a little bit last week, I mean, this this team, the way it's constructed, um, you know, they, they deserve to have a schedule like this. They deserve to have the opportunity to play against teams like this. Um, and it doesn't get any better than the national champion and, and the national runner-up. You know, you take them on – you know, in your first, what, 15, 10, 15 games, you'll be taking on those two teams 
you get one at home, which is nice, and you'll you'll go to a hostile environment for the other one. So two really awesome tests. Um, it helps to strike the schedule. It helps all that. Um, it, there's just no kind of ba- downside to this. And, you know, even even if they lose both games, you know, you, you kind of realize, hey, this is what we have to do to get to this point. You know, you, so hopefully that it plays into that if that were to, to be the case. But, uh, I mean, Hoosier fans are, are super excited for this season. I mean, they've, they've been excited for a while, and now just once more and more things have to come out. You know, we heard Jalen Hunchefino talk yesterday. That was cool. And you hear about the conference opponent today. And, and in addition to all the other ones like the Kansas and the Arizonas that you know about, I mean, it all together, it's, it's going to be awesome. And I think, I think Indiana is also still going to be in the Gavit game. So there's still going to be a big East opponent that um, we don't know about yet. So, you know, that could be a, a potentially pretty good team as well. You know, big East sometimes has some pretty good, pretty good opponents. Um, Indiana's taken on some, some of them in the past. So, you know, that could be a, another game on the schedule that you could look forward to. And I don't know if that would be, home or away, um, I don't know about that. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's just another game on the schedule where, um, you know, it's going to be really be tested and, and the crowd's going to be excited. And uh, overall, it's just going to be a really awesome kind of non-conference start to the season. And, um, you know, I think more than anything in years past, they're going to be ready for the for the Big Ten schedule. Uh, no, no matter who those the first couple opponents are in December, um, no matter who it is, whoever comes to Temple Hall, wherever Indiana goes, They'll be ready to go. You know, they'll they'll be battle tested for sure. And I think in years past, you know, they would open at Wisconsin and it'd be kind of their first test, and you know, things wouldn't go as well, or you know, kind of those first couple games. So I think you know they'll, they'll be ready for that at, at least this time around, um, which should help as well. Hopefully, they get off to a little bit better start in the conference. Yeah, November thirtieth, North Carolina at home. December tenth, Arizona out in Vegas. December 17th, Kansas on the road, and I assume right after the Kansas game, I guess potentially it could be right before the Kansas game as well. I'm not exactly sure, but yeah. two Big Ten games mixed in there as well. So you put that stretch of what, one, two, three, five games together, that, that's quite the stretch for the Hoosiers finishing out November on the 30th and getting into December. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I remember in years past those first Big Ten games would always be like, like December 10th or the 9th or the 7th or something like that. So there's a, like you said, there's a very good chance it could be kind of in between that Arizona and Kansas game, um, which could be pretty, pretty awesome. And it'd be, be a pretty, pretty tough stretch for IU as well. Uh, we obviously don't know which one it's going to be yet. Those first two big 10 games in December, but uh, you know, you could be looking at a seven, six game stretch where, you know, you're taking on power five, really good opponents and two of them could be in your conference. So uh, this is going to be awesome, and then you know it'll it'll slow down a bit probably toward the end of December. They'll have a couple easier games, and then ramp it up back in January with conference only. So uh, this this schedule is uh, it's it's gonna it's gonna get really good. November thirtieth is going to be the first day that it's going to get good, and then after that, it's going to be a gauntlet. Um, and and this team, as we said, you know they they should be talented enough to handle it, and I think everyone hopes they are and thinks they are. So uh, I mean, man, I. Can we can we get to November already? I'm excited. I want to see these games get rolling. Uh, I'm super excited for it. Uh, Hoosier stereo. Let's get that going in September, October, and let's get the season rolling. We had Commissioner Nightig on in the first segment talking about all these <laughs> exciting uh, state tournament changes. I I, I think, yeah. and now talking about IU North Carolina and the schedule with you. I, I agree. I I love the summer, but I would take November weather. Uh, if it meant that uh, high school and college basketball were on the horizon, immediate horizon, instead of months and months away as it stands now. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, my guest. we got to unpack some things from the NBA draft last night as well. First off, a great night for Indiana guys. Three go in the first round. 
and I thought it was just a real testament to our state. Uh, No real surprise, uh, maybe Jake LaRavia from Lawrence Central a little bit, but a good showing for not IU basketball necessarily last night, but for basketball in the Hoosier State overall. Yeah, it's been awesome, Um, and and it's kind of been like that the last couple years. I mean, I feel like there's been a couple guys, at least from Indiana, in the first round. It's been a good stretch of, of run that they've had. I saw a tweet um, can't exactly remember what it was, but it was kind of a list of the last like, you know, ten years or so guys from Indiana taken in the first round, and there's been at least one or two every single year. Um, so it, it's just a great, great representation of of uh, kind of this state in general, and everyone, you know, everyone knows the saying in 49 other states is just basketball, and you know, with Indiana, you know, there's there's a lot of talent in this state. Um, we saw it kind of full hand last night. Obviously, Jaden Ivey was the top guy going going fifth overall to Detroit. Um, I'm just a side note, I'm super excited to see what he can do alongside Cade Cunningham, who was the number one pick, uh, you know, a year ago, and see what they can do in the backcourt. So, um, super awesome for the Indiana guys to to do it. And it's it's been a long stretch, and I think everyone's talking about, uh, you know, the, the Memphis Grizzlies are now like the Indiana Grizzlies because they have a bunch of kind of Indiana guys on that team now. That they were the one that that's got Laravia, they got Desmond Bain, they have Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, they got a bunch of guys uh, from the Hoosier State over there in Memphis. So. Uh, people were making kind of jokes about that as well, but yeah, good night for Indiana kids in general. Good night for the Big Ten as well. I think they got a, a pretty, they got a, a good amount of guys uh, selected too. So, good good night for the conference and for just the state in general. And uh, for the Big Ten as well. Um, gosh, what three players in the top ten? Um, uh, an, an outstanding, I think, a national best last night for the Big Ten conference as far as the number of players that were drafted. Four went in the first round. Uh, a handful more in the second round. So for a Big Ten conference that hasn't won a championship since the early 2000s and for the last couple of seasons has been across the conference really a disappointment, I think, as far as NCAA tournament success, uh, a good showing by some of its players last night based on where they were drafted. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think as much as the Big Ten kind of gets gets knocked down for not being able to to capture a national title last couple of years, I mean, they definitely at least have – talent you know and you saw that with Keegan Murray going fourth and Jaden Ivey going fifth um you know even even kind of in the later rounds like Bryce McGowan's from Nebraska got drafted EJ Liddell and Malachi Brandon both from Ohio State um so you know it was it was it was a good night for for the conference in general I feel like I feel like you know there's always a good a good amount of Big Ten guys drafted uh into the NBA so you know, at some point, you know, you got to hope that, that that their talent translates, you know, with college into helping the, the this conference go farther in the tournament. Because last year was a rough one. Uh, you know, we got to admit it was it was tough to watch what eight or nine teams or maybe even ten. I can't remember how many it was getting to the tournament, and you know, only Michigan really really got to the Sweet Sixteen, and everyone else kind of fizzled out pretty early. So uh, it's it's been a tough go for them in the tournament lately, and. Um, Hopefully it's a little bit different this year around, and hopefully for Indiana's sake, you know they're one of the better Big Ten teams that uh, can make a deeper run in the NCAA tournament, um, and and that that just helps you. It helps your guys get showcased more for for things like the NBA draft. It, it helps you know you get better recruits, stuff like that. So uh, hope hopefully it, it gets a little better in terms of their postseason success. But yeah, Big Ten's always pretty well represented in the draft, and last night was was definitely an awesome night for the conference. One surprise from a Big Ten perspective last night: EJ Liddell of Ohio State. 
Uh, I, I saw he went 41st in the draft to the yeah. Pelicans. I, I thought he was a first-round guy and might make it five instead of four from the conference that went in the first round. So surprised there. And I saw a number of things this morning recapping the draft where he was listed maybe as the steal of the draft, the steal of the second round. So, But that, that was surprising to see Liddell not go into a somewhat early part of the second round. It was super surprising. I think, you know, his over-under number, I think that he's going to get drafted at, was at like 20 and a half, so like clearly in the first round. Um, and for him to drop, I mean, I was talking with some friends, and we were like, what's happening with E.J. Liddell? Like, how has he not been taken yet? I mean, you know, he's been Ohio State's kind of best number one guy for the last two years. Um, you know, he definitely projected as a first-round guy. And obviously Malachi Brandon, you know, he came on really strong this past year for Ohio State in the conference. And, you know, he got drafted early on for, for the Buckeyes. But it was kind of shocking to see Liddell slip that far. Um, I think he could be definitely a huge steal for, 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 you know, the Pelicans. I think just the way he plays, you know, he's, he's a, you know, he can stretch, he can shoot the ball, he can defend well. Uh, I, I just kind of like him in general. And I think he's got a good enough body, good enough agility to kind of be a decent NBA player. So hopefully it works out with him. Hopefully he finds a role on New Orleans um, and, and kind of proves people wrong. I'm sure he's pretty motivated by it as well. But yeah, that was definitely a shock. And I think, I think another shock was, was Keegan Murray going before Jaden Ivey. I mean, I think, Talent-wise, everyone thinks Ivy's better than Murray, but I think Sacramento was looking for a fit more. I mean, they have De'Aaron Fox. They have Davion Mitchell. They have a lot of guards in the team already, so maybe they wanted to kind of go away from getting a guard like Ivy. But, yeah, that was that was also a little bit more another shock. But, yeah, I, like I said, I'm pretty excited to see what Ivy can do with Cunningham in Detroit. All right, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He's with me on Fridays. Dylan, great stuff. Uh, easy to, to talk about this stuff when you've got big breaking news like IU North Carolina that came out. It was announced a little earlier this morning. Uh, and, of course, the NBA draft last night. Uh, fun times in the middle of the off season with very little live basketball. We're finding a way to get through. So th- thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I was excited when I saw that news. I'm like, yes, we got an awesome topic to talk about now. So, yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, Dylan Wallace with us on Fridays. He's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. We'll head to a commercial break. Our final segment of the show and final segment of the week is Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star with Kyle. We've got uh, lots to talk about. Uh, Kyle had an interesting piece on the Indiana-Kentucky All-Star Series. I want to have him tell us about also high school basketball in full force this weekend, at least for the offseason. College coaches galore will be out in Indianapolis watching some of the better prospects and teams in our state. And Kyle's thoughts on the recent IHSA changes to the state tournament, which we covered earlier with Commissioner Paul Neidig. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this final segment of the week with Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. I want to tell you about a new partner we have here at the Big X, Shady Rays Sunglasses. I tell you, dropping a lot of money on sunglasses always seemed crazy to me. 
I'd wear them a few times, lose them, break them. That's why I'm so glad I discovered Shady Raised. Polarized shades at a great price that you can try for 30 days risk-free. And even if you lose or break them, they'll send you a free player. Plus, every pair you buy goes to fight hunger. A portion of it goes to fight hunger in America. Go to ShadyRays.com now and place your order. If you use promo code BIGX, that's B-I-G-X, you'll receive 25% off adult shades during the checkout process. Kyle Neddenrip, Indianapolis Star. Kyle, lots of topics. We had the commissioner of the IHSA with us earlier in the show. I want to get your thoughts to start on basically a flip-flop, a one-game regional, a two-game semi-state, and a new uh, drawing-type show to create some suspense about what the semi-state matchups are going to be in the North and the South, classes 1A through 4A. Your take on some of these changes. Yeah, I uh, I kind of like it. I mean, I'm I'm kind of in the wait and see, you know, uh, category. I would say, like, as far as how big of a an impact this this has moving forward, or what what type of impact. But but, you know, I I sort of feel like after covering the tournament for what 15 years or so, that you know, there's sometimes a lag between the the region once you get to the regional and then the the week to the semi-state for one game and then the week to the state finals for one game. So. You know, I, I sort of like that we're sort of building up to something bigger again. You know, you, the sectional week to me is the only perfect week of uh, the state tournament. And you, you could argue it's, you know, perfect in quotations. But, you know, I think that's a the, the ideal week. Don't change it. You know, that's that's great. Uh, everything beyond that to me is, is sort of uh, debatable, I would say. And so I, I sort of like this change from a perspective of, you know, you go from, you know, out of the sectional week and then you're playing bang, bang. If you win, you play another game Saturday night in the regional. This kind of allows a little bit more of a, of a rest period, I would say. I mean, you're only playing one game now uh, and then kind of building up to sort of a four-team, you know, winner-take-all and go to the state finals type of a situation. So, you know, I kind of like it, you know, and you're putting the semi-state games where, you know, like you said, you're essentially flip-flopping the, you know, the the – you know, situation of the regional, the regional now will have games that probably are going to be different classes in a lot of places and don't have anything to do with each other, which I think was probably sometimes the problem with the uh, semi-state situation now, you know, Um, but at moving forward, now you're going to have all the same, you know, all these four teams are all vying for the same, you know, playing each other, all that sort of thing. So I like that perspective of it. I think ideally you would do that for the state finals, you know, in a, in a perfect world, but I, I get, uh, you know why that why that doesn't happen anymore uh it's hard to get two days for a uh, uh, game bridge and all that stuff so so i think this may be a, a worthwhile uh adjustment i think and and you know the, as far as the show and the blind draw i mean that's i didn't know you know until talking to, i caught up with paul a little bit at the uh the, the state golf uh, last week and that that was actually the first i'd heard of that so you know, that's interesting. And I also think, too, something that probably hasn't been talked about or, you know, and I haven't even written about it is how does this affect the uh, the points for the uh, tournament success factor? Because, you know, now, you know, you only have to win one game to win a regional instead of two. So how does that, you know, I, I don't think they're going to change it as of now, but it's something I think that they'll probably look at over a, a, a few years maybe and, you know, see see what kind of effect that has, too. So, you know, that's also something to keep in mind. But, but yeah, I mean, I'm a kind of in the camp that, you know, and I know social media, you're going to get most of the negative stuff. Uh, I was a little surprised by that. 
um, you know, people ask for change and then you have change and people don't like it or they just want a shot clock or a seating or whatever. So, you know, that's sort of the nature of it. But, you know, I, I, I'm kind of in the camp that I'm looking forward to a little bit of a change, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm very intrigued by it. And uh, I like thinking outside the box. I think sports is changing. Our world is changing. And so for the IHSA executive committee and Commissioner Neidig and everybody that uh, even athletic directors and coaches that were polled, I I applaud the uh, willingness to try something different here and let's evaluate it after a few years and see if any further changes need to be made. Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star, my guest. Um, Charlie Hughes shootout this week. I think it's 120 some odd teams are going to be playing in Indianapolis. It's no longer a tournament, which I wish it was, but it's really a showcase now for uh, college coaches to get a look at some of our best teams and players in the state. It's also a chance for high school coaches to kind of begin to wrap up the month of June and see what they need to do for the upcoming high school basketball season. And there's lots of great matchups, lots of great teams and prospects that are set. But before we talk about any of that, and I know we do this each and every year, but Charlie Hughes was a great friend and great mentor to me with all the basketball stuff I do. And he absolutely loved Kyle Nedenrip, and you guys got to be great friends as well. And so I'm thrilled to see his name on this event. I'm not sure that the coaches, players, parents moving through the high schools right now understand who he is and what he's done over the years or did over the years for basketball in our state. But uh, he was a great friend, a great mentor, and just all about, Indiana basketball, all about uh, developing, building, promoting uh, high school and youth basketball in our state. So I wanted to start with that before we talk about the event. Uh, Charlie Hughes, I miss him so very much. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Matt. And you, and you, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I think, you know, I actually ended up writing I, I, as I was kind of, I was just going to write kind of a generic preview or not generic, but kind of who to, teams to watch and, you know, things like that. And I, I thought, you know, I need to write something. So I ended up writing a little bit of something about Charlie, uh, to, to kind of lead off the preview, just because I, I agree with you. Yeah. You know, I kind of go around and, and people, you know, kids or parents or coaches kind of say, you know, the Charlie Hughes, the meaning the shootout now, and which is great, you know, the, it's, it's awesome, but they don't know who he is. You know, the coaches do, you know, the coaches who've been around, uh, those are the people who, you know, knew Charlie the best. Uh, but the general, uh, person you know probably doesn't know and that's partly because charlie was just a you know that type of guy he just did his work and, and didn't ask for anything and and you know and you know as well as I, I mean he just loved you know we'd spend time on the phone just talking basketball we'd go over to union jacks and and sit down and you know talk about the event the teams he had coming you know he he did it all on paper you know so it wasn't you know he didn't do uh you know uh the the digital world which i can appreciate that so you know, but he was just a great guy. I mean, he just really was. You you know, a genuine person when you when you see one. I think, and and he certainly was that. And you know, it's hard to believe it's been eight years now uh, since he's been gone. You know, I, I you know that that kind of you know I went back and was looking at some stuff I'd written about him when he first got his brain tumor. I, I can't believe it's been that long ago. It seems like you know it wasn't. You know, so you know, I, I just wanted to kind of revisit that and and tell people who he was a little bit. You know, instead of, you know, maybe someone sees that and they, they say the Charlie Hughes and now they maybe know who, who the Charlie Hughes actually was <laughs> and not just the tournament. But he loved this tournament, as you know. So I'm, I'm greatly appreciative his name's on it now that he, you know, that, that he would love this. You know, I think that the coaches are part of it now. He wouldn't love the part, like you said, where it's not a bracket because he, he did like that. But, 
that's just kind of the nature of what it has to be now. Yeah, yeah. We've got about a minute left, so Kyle, instead of asking you other things, just take us through some of the matchups that you're intrigued about. Or I know Xavier Booker Cathedral, that's going to be one of the huge attractions for college coaches and obviously Mike Woodson and the IU staff this weekend. But give us a, a quick rundown. I know you've written about it as well at IndyStar.com. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. I mean, I think you could probably start there. And there's a there's a Kokomo Cathedral matchup. I think that will uh, intrigue people. You know, Booker versus uh, Bedunga, uh, Flory Bedunga from Kokomo. So you got two bigs. One in the Bedunga's a junior. Booker will be a senior. So you know, it's sort of a different matchup there. But you know, you can go down the go down the list. And I'm going to try to hit. Uh, do a little different story tonight, but then tomorrow hit some of these bigger matchups. Um, you know, a lot of the that's 134 teams, so you know you can't really you can kind of throw a dart and hit a lot of of good ones. But you know that's kind of probably where to start. And just I'm curious to see just who the who the teams are that uh, kind of stand out and and you know what the teams look like. You know, it's it's kind of a new you know, with the seniors graduating. There's a lot of uh, new roles that need to be filled now. So I'm kind of curious to see how. Some of those better teams are going to fill those roles. Absolutely. Kyle Nedenrip, the Indianapolis Star. Thank you, Kyle. That's going to wrap up our program for today and the week. Back with you Monday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.